I've been talking to a lot of people this week who have nailed the start local, start with one feature, and have gotten farther than 95% of people that are focusing on everybody and all the features. Welcome to High Level Hot Takes. My name is Matt Ticino, and if you are a high leveler looking for ways to take advantage of this amazing tool and hear about cool case studies of how it's being used, you are in the right place. If you're looking for more tips and tricks in all things high level, check out howtohighlevel.com after the show. All right, so I have a follow-up from last year. Okay. You said your goal is to have well-adjusted kids that want to hang out with you. Mm. I know they're young, but how did it go? Still great. Good. Yeah, still great. That's great. It's funny. So, we, yeah, I have a three-year-old, one-year-old, and uh, uh, not three-and-a-half, one-and-a-half. Uh, the one-and-a-half-year-old, he's just it's just a phase where things change so often. And so I'd say he's age-appropriate, well-adjusted. And love we, it. we genuinely... I've great relationships with my kids so that's awesome yeah it's awesome cool uh so tell me about a time when you went through something really difficult and you almost gave up in your business oh well i got two so this is a different show for folks i love it we're just like rolling into it this will be a better one because (laughs) it's 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 off off uh off format okay so we just had our uh uh, third or fourth SaaS launch live didn't share it this year but the year before in 2012, I started um, the business. I started freelancing, um, but I started the business in 2012. And in 2013, I applied for a job. I was like, the freelancing was okay, but here's what it was too. Uh, I was got engaged. I we were um, I got married in 2014, but my wife's family is very um, like high education, high professionalism. If that makes sense. So like. Dad's an aerospace engineer. Mom's a physical therapist. You know, all you know, master's degrees, PhDs, and like, you know, working at working a career for decades. And I felt that pressure. I felt a little bit of like, even though I was by freelancing means, I was doing well. But there's no guarantee of tomorrow. When you work for yourself, it's like you got to keep on doing it. And so uh, early on, so I applied for a job, and. Um, I got an offer. So it was for a law firm. I was doing marketing for a law firm, and um, but I negotiated the salary, and I didn't think it was a bad thing. But I, I I told them what I what I wanted, and they came back and made me the like in the application process. Here's what I expect for a salary. They made an offer, and it was three thousand dollars less than what I said. Like this is this is what I think I'm worth, and so I just came back and said, hey, like thank you so much for the offer. This is really what you know. Is is there any way you could could you do that? $3,000 we're talking about. And they rejected the offer. <laughs> so uh, last year's house, I shared everyone the like the screenshot of the line there. Rejected offer there. So that was um, it's just an interesting season to look back. It's like, man, sometimes I'm grateful for the closed doors. In the moment, it stings. In hindsight, you're like, man, that was a... What could not have been if I said yes or if they had said yes? Mm. Um the other, the other thing, it's just like a pivotal moment for me was end of 2015. We bought our first house in 2015 in like May and we just started throwing a ton of money into it. But I had been like, everything was up and to the right. And so I was like, oh, it's great. I just keep on, but it's still, it's like, I gotta you know, go out and find the deal and do the proposal and we're doing these big jobs. And um, for whatever reason, Q4 of 2015, every, everyone was like, this sounds great. We'll start in January. Great, we'll start in January. So I ran into cash flow issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first time in my life, I like I couldn't pay the credit card bill. 
and um, it was uh, um, embarrassing and humiliating and terrifying. Um, and so that that shift, um, it's funny because it only lasted like a month. January came and all the jobs came in. It was all fine. But in the month, I did like tell my wife like, hey, we can't afford presents. Like we we can't afford to pay off all of our bills. We're like carrying debt right now, which is a weird. Lots of people carry debt, but I just had like this, you know, big yeah, um, yeah. feeling about it. And so that was the shift to I wanted uh, recurring revenue. So that was a, a big pivot into recurring revenue. So I did initially we just shifted to lease to own websites. Um, so we bid it out and say, hey, this is you got this over two years, and it's and you're leasing it basically until hmm. until your two year. But it, so defer the cash now for recurring revenue later. Got it. Wow, two very. Yeah, I, I've been asking a lot of people that. So, like, I asked Perry Belcher, I asked um, Sam from Uphex, and the story. I asked Goostin's son, and the stories are so varied. Goostin was like, "It's not an option. I've never thought about giving up." <laughs> if you would ask me, this is what's funny. If you would ask me, you know, did you ever think about giving up? It wasn't until literally last year, Sasha and I was digging in to think through like, you know, things to talk about and teach on, uh, where it like, I brought back the memory. I had shoved it out. I had like forgotten that I ever even like tried to apply and got rejected. And so it's, it's weird because, you know, enough time, like, you know, it's almost, that was nine years ago. You can feel like, I don't know, I've always been game for it. Cause even then, like when it, when we had rough patch, I was not thinking, let me go get a job. I I was, I was like, no, this is, this is what I'm going to do here. But Especially early, you know, I would have been 22, mm-hmm. 21, maybe 21, 22. And so, um, you know, it was easy to, you just, when you're younger, you're impressionable, you want to like live up to other people's expectations a little bit more. And so, yeah, yeah. very cool. Also, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize you were supposed to give the intro and then I just, I just took over. We'll cut it in here. Okay. Welcome back. We're doing another high level hot take. I'm here with Keaton Walker. I'll ask you some questions now. Usually I'll ask you questions and then you ask me questions. We'll Sorry. Flip, this one's flipped up. It's all good. How did you find high level? Got a cold call from another agency owner that said, hey, like, doesn't it suck when you run ads and then they say the leads suck? Like, we, you can fix that with high level. Oh, and that's awesome. Yeah. Now they're like, we, we actually just did a podcast like last week and they're at like 150K a month. And like, I sold my agency earlier this year. So. We were just laughing, like reminiscing on that cold call. I still remember like vividly where I was and the That's awesome. How it went. Yeah, it was cool. Congrats. What uh, did you go to Cody's session? I did. Were you a distressed seller? I was I had a few of those D's, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just time to, to move on to something else. I think now that I've had like six months to just like sit back and look at what happened and why it happened the way it did, I see things a little bit more clearly, but if anyone's feeling like just super stuck, like it, you're so close to your problems that you just don't know what they are. I didn't know what was next. And I, I don't think I really knew 100% why I was selling, but I knew that, you know, I needed to move directionally, like take a leap of faith towards something new. So, yeah. That's awesome. What has been the something new? Uh, I've been focusing on agency coaching and, uh, yeah, just consulting and affiliate stuff. That's great. Yeah. So more so content, publishing, stuff like that? Yeah, content. So I have I have the affiliate offer, which is just bonuses if they sign up with me. I have a course and then I have a one-on-one program that's limited to five people. And it's just very like they have my cell phone number type thing and we can talk whenever they need to. Yeah. And it's great. Like I love it. It's, the, it's a business, my dream business with 
you know, I, where I can operate from a place of abundance and like I enjoy every day. So hopefully that lasts for a long time. Yeah, yeah. that's killer. Was there anything that stood out in the new releases that you're excited about? I didn't really get clear on this, so this probably isn't a good one for the podcast, but it seemed like they were going to allow dedicated IP addresses on the message sender domain. Is that right? I think this is interesting about every year they do the, um, the new releases, if you will. Yeah. It's a combination of like, this exists, but also this is coming. Yeah, that's true. Blurs the lines. <laughs> and so you're like, I am not sure. And like this year, half the stuff that they released on Level Up Day had been released a week before. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So they rolled it all out. So yeah. it's hard. To, it, it blends all the things. I think that was a, this is coming. Okay. Not a, this is here. Yeah. Um, but it will improve. It's kind of like a different angle to improve a, a similar problem that they've had of it just reputation and, and, and getting blocked. Technically, yeah. the domain message sender has a horrible reputation. Yeah. Because when you join a high level, it's the default mm -hmm. first of everything. And so the people who don't change it are the, like the spammers and the people that are just... That's the... They DIY'd that one too much, respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they know... I think they... Down the line. It was like when we had to go to Twilio and sign up for our own phone number. Yeah. Know, like that. It's much better in the app, trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's know. a lot simpler, a lot easier. Well, for anybody who is new to the high-level space, mm -hmm. what words of wisdom do you have for I've been talking to a lot of people this week who have nailed the start local, start with one feature, and have gotten farther than 95% of people that are focusing on everybody and all the features. Yep. So that's a, a trend that I, and it's, it's one of those things that you just think it can't be that simple, and it totally is. Talked to a guy earlier. He's just like, I was listening, I was going through all these courses, I was doing all this stuff, and I just, one day I was just like, no, I'm not listening to anything, I'm just gonna start making cold calls. And he called and he would sell a free website, but they had to pay a monthly fee for the hosting. Yeah. And he just used a website template on high level, and he sold like 30K of that in three months. And I'm like, dude, you realize that you're ahead of 90% of people. Like most people never make that first sale, and they give up. And yeah. he's like, no, I didn't know that. He's like, no, you, you really are. Like, this is generally how it works. Yeah, the first sale uh, is a big stumbling block for a lot of folks. And that's, I usually say, like, compete on proximity. And so there's relational proximity and then mm -hmm. geographic proximity. Like, it's just, love that. It's just easier. So the people that you know mm -hmm. um, that are in your network, and then secondarily that, the people that you could have coffee with. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good pickup. Yeah. Uh, any, well, now, any other questions you had for me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you were, how many employees do you have now? Over 130. Okay. So my biggest challenge with my agency was the stress. I was, I'm, I'm only 26 now, and like I had eight employees when I was 23. You know, like <laughs> I didn't need that many employees at that age. Yeah. Um, but when you get into business, you're like, I'm an employer. I'm cool. And then you realize that like really you know, people are the best part of the business, but also the worst part of the business. Yeah. I don't understand how massive organizations scale with people and I'm, I'm trying to ask some of the more seasoned people with a lot more employees how does that work like how does the how does a business with so much to handle cease to rely on you only it is so early on it's a clear vision of success and that's small success um, so for a lot of folks in their product delivery or whatever it is, where you're trying to like, what's success for the customer, it's, it's murky. 
it changes every single time. So you have to have like, this is the one thing. So for like, for us, um, on uh, either, you know, entry point, cause we have some, we have different brands, but like if, if we sell a, uh, a local business into SaaS, like there are three things that we are doing for them. We are connecting, well, we're getting them a number. We're turning on Google business uh, um, chat. profile, like okay. the chat and the tracking number. And well, I, I guess I'm, and, and connecting uh, the chat widget to their website. Oh, wow. Every single time. And those, so simple, but so effective. And hypothetically, if the business is like, well, can you, you know, do done for me, you know, make a membership area would be like, no, we cannot. Honestly, they don't even ask. So like, I guess there's yeah. clarity there too. <laughs> I guess when you've got, that's usually the challenge. If you're going to do a simple delivery, you've got to have a simple avatar. Like you got to know clearly. So you know clearly what you're delivering and you know clearly who you're serving. Mm. And so we very clearly know it's like, it is basic local businesses, yeah. low marketing sophistication. And we're taking them from an F to a C. And that makes a world of difference. That's failing to passing. Yeah. And so, um, but across the board, you know, you got to reduce friction. Like, what does success look like? And then, um, and then it, it, on the people side of it, it's actually about when you have the right people, the organizational aspect of it is a lot easier. But you have to be good at marketing to afford the right people, which is that's like the hard part to break through because a lot of folks they'll they'll seesaw back and forth between sales and fulfillment. So they haven't figured out consistent sales because you need consistent sales to have stability, to project, to budget, to do that sort of thing. So consistent sales, invest in the right people. Um, and that's the magic that, I mean, for me, it's like, man, there are, it's the difference between an A player and a B player. An A player is worth like 10 B players, which is weird. Yeah. Very true. That's crazy. It's like the developer, uh, the quotes, like, the best developers aren't 10 times better than the other developers. They're a hundred times better. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is that way. And so I think for a lot of folks starting off, you let, you can't afford that. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality. So then it's, then it's on you. And so it's like, how good are you? And that's, you kind of get, get to a certain length for the business there. But so that's, um, that's kind of what we think is like clear focus on success, clear focus on who we're selling, hiring a players and, uh, continuously, eliminating friction in delivery yeah. um, also in marketing and sales. Yeah. Next question is you're married to high level at this point, like your business does not, it ceases to exist if high level does, right? Sure. Yeah. How did you make that decision and how do you think about it? When we started in high level, there was literally less than a hundred people in the Facebook group. I could never have imagined what high level has become in terms of a mature ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, what's interesting is now, like you said, 95%, I don't know if that's right, but that's probably close. Like don't make a sale. Mm -hmm. We, that means we cater to the 5% specifically. Um, so we grow not at the same rate of high level because you know, they, I don't know what they did three X last year. Okay. Not quite the same. No, no, because they went six thousand to sixty. It was like six thousand to six to twenty thousand to sixty thousand. You're like in two years they ten xed mm -hmm. their user base. Um, so, so the question of like, was it a decision? It was not a decision. Okay. Uh, it was a just sort of happened. High level was critical for us. Um, so on, on some parts of it, 
I guess it was a decision, but like you, you have fragility no matter what you do. So this is where I hear some folks that will say like, oh, like, yeah, it's like all into high level. It's like, well, I was already all into Google. Yeah. Right. You're like, no one's like, oh no, you run your business on G Suite and in like you use Sheets and email. All and, you run is Facebook ads? And Google Drive, yeah. <laughs> and all you run is Facebook ads. You're like, you know, it's not an uncommon process to consolidate, to simplify, to scale. It is interesting as we, uh, you know, look forward. I mean, frankly, I've told folks the whole time, um, HL Pro Tools as a brand is, is designed to sell back to high level. I fully recognize high level won't. Let's say the current founders will not buy HL Pro Tools. Okay. Because builders build, but acquirers buy. So it's it's not it's not designed for the high level of today. It's designed to be purchased by the high level of tomorrow. Interesting. Okay. And in that future, not only could you sign up for high level, but you'd have the support taken care of for an extra fee. Yeah. Wow. What's the biggest move HL Pro Tools made in the last year? The biggest move. We committed, just challenged ourselves to excellence. There's a, there's a certain thing when you're early on, like you just need imperfect action. As you start to mature, you realize like you need to have a culture of excellence. It can't just be, and no offense, but a high levels version. Of, and they keep doing what they're doing, but like the skateboard all isn't always uh, sufficient. <laughs> and, sufficient for the person that lives two minutes away from their workplace yeah, and, and always sunny, sunny weather, yeah, it's right? Always sunny no, exactly. So it's sufficient for some folks. But so that, that was the biggest move. It was a little bit of a shift here from fail forward to um, just be excellent. And so one nice. commitment there for us was uh, transparency. Right now, I still think it blows. Well, I get it. I, and I'm and I, uh, also surprised by it because I talk about it a lot. If you're comparing us to anybody else in the marketplace, we are the only company that actually gives you visibility into your support. Interesting. Everybody else operates in a, bra in a black box, hmm. which is easier because if you're in a black box, no one can say like, oh, this agent slipped up or didn't do it as well as they should have, right? You just don't see. But for us, we said if, if the goal is true success for the user and like, and we're committed to being excellent and at the very least getting better, a black box is an excuse to never improve. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, we use the same systems that our alternatives use and we're the only one that gives you visibility. Wow. You mentioned to me at the party on Monday that you guys passed 4,000 users on one SAS. of your SaaS yeah, yeah. brands. I didn't even know you had a SaaS brand. That was how this all started. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It makes sense now. Yeah. yeah. In hindsight, you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, and that's a little bit of a difference there too for folks because we, um, even for us, that's what I was realizing in that, in that commitment to excellence is like, these are the processes that our managers use to be better, mm -hmm. why not give that to everyone? I know why not. I'll tell you exactly why not. When you do that, you are judged. But I think the longer view is I would rather be the best undeniable and, and the commitment to be the best means you show up and you practice and you rehearse and you do it and you get and you be bad less and less and less every single day. If no one's watching and if you're you know if you think you're training for the marathon or whatever, the Olympics, but you're just like, well no one's looking so I just sit on my couch, someday eventually people will notice one person was training and the other person was snacking on the couch. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, you were going to ask something about that, the 4,000 oh, yeah. user mark? Yeah, so you passed 4,000 on one of your SaaS brands. So the question is, first of all, how many SaaS brands do you have? We, that uh, I think four. I should know it confidently, but I'm pretty sure four. Dude. That's not true. Well, you're blurring. Uh, you're saying SaaS brands. Let's say, um, oh, I'll put it this way. How many white label, high, high level. level brands yeah. am I um, an owner of in four? 
Four. Yeah. Okay. And you have an operator on each one? Yes. Why four? Opportunity. It's funny. One of the guys who runs it. Um, well, so usually we I, I bought into where there was an operator there. And their weakness was the sales, the marketing, the growth side of it. But they'd done you know, enough where it was like it was something. I was sitting next to uh, one of them at uh, when Cody Sanchez was talking. And he was like, oh my goodness, this, this was me. Um, I didn't get that good of a deal, but like, there's, there, it was interesting. But like, you know, there, there is nice. strategy there where you're going to try and you know, maximize the deal and the opportunity. And, and uh, uh, in effect, actually, actually what ended up happening in that is we bought out the partner. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so you kept the one partner and yep. then you were the Kept the one the partner was the operator Got him. and we replaced uh, the other partner. Nice. People that know you know what these SaaS brands are? Yeah. Some of them are, uh, we're totally public about. So like that one, for example, it's Cairo Dominance. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Dom. Or uh, Dar. Dar. Yeah. You're sitting next to her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Next to Dar. <laughs> and uh, Here, here's the interesting, like, you're like, why yeah. the mystery? I wanted to say um, it's funny, you get big enough in a space and it's like almost, I don't say polarizing, people almost feel like they're picking teams. Yeah. And like the market is so big, 60,000 yeah. users. 100%. 60,000 users. So, but there are folks that feel like it's Coke and Pepsi. And so I realize my personal brand, unfortunately, is like carries. It's, it's good marketing. Good marketing is like it repels. And, and I'm not trying to repel, but it just happens. And so that's why some some brands we intentionally um, you know at the discretion of, of the controlling interest party aren't aren't uh, yeah. loud about makes it. sense makes sense um, okay and what's the biggest lesson you learned on the way to 4,000 SaaS users on a high-level white level mm, okay low friction low friction acquisition that's it you gotta I don't know if that's the biggest I guess the biggest lesson is um, at all degrees as mature in life is like the um, if you focus on improving your skill in for leveraged at leverage, I guess I'd say, it gets you go further and faster. You just do. And so if you're good at one to one, you can keep doing one to one. That would work. You may not be the best at one to many, but if you commit and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get good at one to many, that's like all of a sudden, you know, you do it long enough, you get better and better and better at it, and you're like, oh my gosh, this this works, you know? And so and, and as time goes on, it doesn't feel like a hamster wheel. Uh, right, it feels like a hot air balloon. Like the like, with the momentum, the lift behind you, like as you're going higher, it doesn't get harder. It actually gets easier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's those first customers that are harder. If you focus on doing it in a leveraged way or, or developing those high leverage skills. So I, I guess the other lesson there for anybody, most folks, like I said, are new, trying to make the movement on the on the first customer. Don't try to skip levels. That's where I've seen people get frustrated because they'll see like, what's Matt doing? Like, I'm just gonna do the same thing there. And you may have not acquired the skills. Like if you can't sell one-to-one, -one, you probably can't sell one-to-many. Like one-to-one, -one, you can contextualize the entire conversation, know exactly what their pain points are because they just told them to you. Like reframe your offer specifically to their pain points and their desires. If you can't do that, it's gonna be very hard to try and do that in a presentation style. But if you've done that enough and you deeply understand then you can you know grow into those other areas got it um and what do you guys do webinars or ads landing pages ads webinars okay. yeah cool okay gary v said i'm crippled by opportunity when asked you know what was his hardest thing going on mm. i assume you're also a man crippled by opportunity 
Uh, yeah, I I don't I don't feel crippled. It's a strong word. But but I understand what he's saying. Like there's just there's so much opportunity. Yeah. So yeah, if you're looking like, is there enough opportunities? Yes, there's so much opportunity. It could it could crush me. Yeah. So I'm you know a fraction of what you've done. I have done a fraction of what you've done. But I also feel many days like there's just so many opportunities, and I'm not sure which one to take at any given time. And so my default has just kind of been like put up the blinders, focus on the thing that's working right now. Right. Yeah. But Cody's presentation couple other things is like no like if you really take the time to step back learn a new skill and approach things in a different way like you'll struggle less you'll go farther faster i feel like i'm a couple tweaks away from you know something way bigger than i could ever imagine in my current mindset as is everyone right yeah so how do you decide which opportunities to take and how do you yeah how do you how do you think about that the default is no for sure yeah the default is no constantly looking at the opportunity cost yeah um, I've done a pretty good job of replacing myself. Yeah. And, and I feel like I need to be fully replaced before I even, even consider something. Okay. Uh, but destination matters. Like that clarity matters of like where you're going. Kind of like the, to the conversation from last year is like that's um, knowing where you're going. You got to have a lens by which you make those decisions. And so for yeah. me, I like for instance, everything that we've taken on, like there has to be an operator installed. Okay. Like now. So it's like I, if, if, if they're not, if the operators want to leave, like no way. Can't, can't do that. I also know uh, my zone of genius. So like if, if I'm being asked to go outside of my zone of genius, it's like, no, like it just won't work. Um, so a good, good self-awareness of where do you want to go? How do you want to get there? And then uh, just set up. It's a good little mantra too. It's like um, not now, but like not for never. If that makes sense. So sometimes it's just relieving to say, it's yeah. just not right now, mm. but it could be someday. Fair. So that was the thing that struck me about Cody's thing is like, okay, by your cleaning lady comes every week and you're going to invest for zero dollars into your cleaning lady's business and help her make more money. I'm like, but at what? Like, no, it's not worth it, you know? Yeah, there's an, there's, to her example, there's an opportunity cost of attention there. Yeah. I think her um, goal, which I get, is to advocate and make it more accessible for people to rescue small businesses yeah. instead of them just like dying and fading away. So you gotta consider her context and that's her motivation. Um, but yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Okay, so the one, the one move I've been comp contemplating is, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just buy a business, download all my marketing knowledge and high level into it and like, we'll be at a good spot, right? But the more I think about that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to worry about hiring. I don't want to worry about systems, all that type of thing. Like I want to, I really enjoy consulting because I feel like you can, people come to you with a problem instead of like an agency who's like, it's Facebook ads you need because yeah. I sell Facebook ads, you know, you can actually back up and be like, no, maybe you should fire that toxic office manager that's ruining everybody's life. Yep. And then you'll make more money. Everyone will be happier. You'll be able to recruit better people. And, and you can say, not everything's a marketing problem. You can you know, acknowledge that without a conflict of interest, basically. So then the talk today, I was like, okay, maybe I could just buy in or buy in at zero dollars and get equity for being the marketing or sales consultant or both into a local business. However, at the same time, I just feel like it's scope creep galore if you don't seriously define that and figure it out. Any advice? Uh, yeah, well-defined scope is, is the key. Okay. I've seen too many deals like that it, where the exchange is time right for somebody else 
and that's what I think Cody's more so speaking to is for folks who are like, I, nothing's working yet, or I'm trying to make that first thing work. Well then sure, like what do you have is your time? Yeah. So it's like those $0 deals are like, congrats. Yeah. You've got, you're gonna put in time. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't like doing deals where I put zero down because then the expectation is time. Like if I'm putting yeah. in money, Fair. I'm saying, here's my money or I'll define it out. So like, like I'll tell you right now, like the cadence uh, for our, you kind of looking at like portfolio companies is I'll give an hour a week or every other week. Okay. And so that's my commitment. Solid. And that's the same way that we run our business. So we have like directors, basically heads of um, even companies that we wholly own. And I meet with them for one hour a week. Solid. Yeah. I didn't realize you could define it like that. Like I was like, I'll do all this stuff, but you can literally say, this is how many hours I will put in. Well, and so that's where I get against, or I consider too, is like, you don't have to say you're gonna do it. You can just say like, this is, because the value isn't like you turning the knob. The value is you knowing which knob to turn. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've done. I structured it, the commitment is an hour, and, um, and then you're really directing other folks that are gonna go take action. Okay. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wonderful. Keaton, thanks for sitting down and doing a little hot take.